Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live today from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochilprano. Merry Christmas, Andy. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. I like the outfit. Thanks. I see you've doubled down on the winter hat look. You're just all in a full-time winter hat guy now. Well. Full-time LA winter hat guy. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah. I want to show my festiveness. For the holiday. But I have a great combo. I got the Tupac Thug Life hoodie and the Christmas hat. The Santa hat. It's a pretty good combo, I'm not going to lie. Very proud. With the flag and anthem. The flag and anthem sweats? Yeah. It's a good look. Thank you. (laughs) You are rocking the Miller Lite ugly sweater. Do we still call them ugly sweaters? I mean, a lot of people do. I wore to an ugly sweater party. And I walked in and somebody's like, that's not really an ugly sweater. I was like, I agree. <laughs> it's just a great sweater. Yeah. I'd agree with that too. We had a conversation the other night. I went to a Christmas party and somebody called something a Bill Cosby sweater. I go, I don't think you can say that anymore. Um, I mean, I think a uh, Bill Cosby sweater is a very distinct yeah. look, right? Sure. Like that, that I, think the, I think the Cosby sweaters, yeah, I think you can still call that. He still made it. He still made those sweaters popular, right? He still was the guy. Just because he was raping people the whole time doesn't mean... You know that's the next thing to go. What's that? You can't say that in public, or you can't rape? tweet that. The word rape? No. Or Cosby? Bill Cosby's sweater. Cosby sweater? That's the new thing. People like, I'm offended. Cannot say Bill Cosby's sweater. I, I, honestly, I thought you were saying rape, and I was like, I bet you that's already a thing. Like, you're not allowed to say rape. No, that's that's one that will always be held on to. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. What would replace that? I'm sure they'll have some woke cuck word. Uh, it's like, I get raped. My ears get raped every time I hear the word rape. Can we just say... Forcible penetration? Yeah, non-consensual sexual action. <laughs> it's a lot longer. NCSA. Can I reveal a bit that I never... By the way, NCSA, now on CBS with <laughs> fucking... I want to reveal a bit that I never have done on stage that I wrote one time. God, I could never do it now. Can you imagine the bits that you write that don't qualify for stage? But I'm saying I've never done before. I wrote this bit probably seven or eight years ago of when they were creating laws. And for some reason, I put it in... The Founding Fathers, basically the laws of America, which this is a universal law, or actually, it's really not, maybe. When they were deciding that rape should be, you know, that's wrong. And this is a terrible premise, but I, I, I might as well just reveal it because I don't care. Because this is what happens as comedians. You take stabs at shit. I and mean, we're, th- we're three minutes into the show. I'm just. Be careful what you're saying here. Where is this going? The bit was this. I is, feel like I'm just going to have to say I don't approve no matter what comes next. No, the the premise was this, is that all the founding fathers are creating the constitution and laws and these basic 
rights and here he here he now we must decide on rape ben what do you think well, well yeah the bit was basically saying all right it's got to be illegal to forcibly have sex with somebody all in favor and like all 100 people raise their hand and there's that one guy in the back who's like well i don't know about this one you know there's and that was the joke was that the one guy's like do we really want to make this illegal? And he's the ugly looking guy. And obviously it's a terrible premise. I never did it. It's not funny, but they're like all in favor. Yay. All in all against nay. Remember nay means nay. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that was my awful bit that I kind of dabbled in that I wrote down and it never went anywhere. That guy was definitely John Hancock, right? Yeah. Like, I'm putting my hand up in defense of my cock here. Yeah, so whatever. But the reason I bring that up is we were just discussing the pre-pre-show, which wasn't even recorded. Pre-pre-show, okay. That we were discussing kind of comedians, and we lightly touched on the Chris Rock thing when they were all... I, I It offends me to even refer to it as the Chris Rock thing. So, okay. But my point is this. As comedians, we say things, we take stabs. A lot of times we fail... You can't be angry at comedians for failing a lot of times. Oh, like that's pe- why I'm bringing up this premise. Like this, this bit. I look at past bits that I do, and I'm like, I cringe. Sure, you probably do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. But like the 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 PC police, it's just it's so dumb. Like you have to take things when they were said, where they were said, who they were said to, who they were said by. Like the idea that we're, I mean. I w- you said don't go on Twitter when we were, I was in Vegas. You were texting. You're like, don't go on Twitter. People are losing their minds. And I was like, what What happened? You're like, this Chris Rock thing. You said, you know, him and Louis C.K. I'm like, when, when, I'm, in my head, I'm going, when are these guys? Like, why is Louis C.K. on TV right now? And then I was like, I, I go on and it's the clip from, was that an HBO show? I remember watching it. It came out in 2011. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? How far back do we go then? That's the question. There has to be a line in the sand. How far back do we go? I, I tweeted, wait until wait until people hear what Eddie Murphy said about gay people. Raw starts with 15 minutes on faggots. Straight up. That's how it starts. If you're a woke black person, take down your boy. That's it. Or realize that some things were said at a time when it was okay, and it's not okay now. Yeah so fucking stupid it was never okay for louis to say it well chris rock disagrees with you yeah i always say this as far as the voice of the people as far as the voice of black culture chris rock has a pretty strong resume certainly has a stronger resume than dickhead working at a fucking applebee's who's like i didn't know about it so now i'm pissed well guess what you're not the voice of black culture chris rock is Certainly, certainly has more of a resume than woke white women who spend their who spend their entire lives shopping for yoga pants, drinking fucking lattes, and and causing hullabaloo on the internet because of their fucking outrage. It's so stupid. Yeah. Well, I always say this: it it never ends. If you really want to go down that rabbit hole, like if you really wanted to open it up. You would never end. Every single one of us would be guilty. Every single one of us, whether it's somebody we support, 
politician, musician, actor, comedian, every single one of us supports somebody who maybe did something bad or said something stupid, ignorant. You know what I'm saying? My point is that that path would literally never end. It's also just, it's like, it's not even, it's like the policing of words. Stop policing words. Yeah. Louis C.K. is not allowed to say it. Why? Ask yourself that fucking question. Why isn't he allowed to say it? It's a word. It's a word. Louis C.K. is not. We're not allowed to say words. What? Uh, you're not allowed to quote people. You're not allowed to whatever. Like I just said, faggot. When talking about Eddie Murphy, am I in trouble now because I said a word that he said to talk about what he said? Now I'm in trouble because I he said it then and I can't say it now. It's so stupid. Oh well, people have been killed while that word was saying. People have been killed. More people have been killed while the word fuck was being screamed than all the hate words out there. Motherfucker has probably been uttered more times during a violent act than the ones that are yelled on hate crimes toward gay people, toward black people, toward Mexican people, toward Asian people. Do the math. Each of those have their hate pocket. Motherfucker has been screamed more times or during fuck violent- you. Yeah, than any of them. So now we're not allowed to say that because people died while the word fuck was being screamed? Stop it! Merry why Christmas. Why are you doing this on fucking Christmas Eve, Andy? Sorry. Why are you, you starting with woke? Is this a sports show? I think we should change it up to my boy, Russell Wilson. Let's do it. Talk about fucking... Th- yeah, we'll get to this. If you are ignoring your family right now, give that upvote. Give that like button in YouTube. I'm seeing some people in there. I love this. You, sadly... Had a show last night. I don't want to say sadly, but you didn't get to see my boy in rare form. I didn't. It was rare form because he threw for a lot of yards, threw a bunch of touchdowns, played really well. It was a great back and forth. Is that why it was rare, though? (laughs) It was vintage Russell Wilson. He used his legs when he had to. He made dime passes when he had to. And him and Patrick Mahomes, for anybody who watched that game, they looked very similar. Yeah, I saw you put it on the rundown, and I, I wanted, I thought about changing it to troll or moron, just putting the the two guys in like you're that you're doing a comparison. Well, they're game wise. Last night I didn't watch, so I can't speak to it. Mahomes had a great run on like a, a fourth down where he rushed for 26 yards, used his legs when he had to. Russ had a couple of those. They both had dime passes. They both had. On the move, on the run, found guys in the end zone. It was a fun game to watch. And the Seahawks have nine wins, Joe. Yeah, I was wrong. I was uh, I was com- completely and totally wrong. Uh, I underestimated Pete Carroll. I underestimated what they've been able to do, you know, having the number one rushing team in all of football. Um I, I didn't I didn't even think that their defense was going to be this good. Their defense is actually 12th in football. I underestimated the Seahawks as a team entirely. They're and, good. And they have nine. I I mean, they're good. Yeah. They're going to win a playoff game. Okay. Because they're going to play Dallas. But they're, gonna, they're not going to play Dallas in Seattle, correct? No. But you're confident that they'll beat Dallas. Anyway. I am. They've already beat Dallas once. I think they'll beat Dallas. Now, I do like Dallas's defense as well. Yeah. I don't love Dallas as a football team either, so I'm not, you know, 
if Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys beat Seattle at home, I'm not like, oh, I underestimated the Cowboys. And if the Seahawks beat Dallas, if Seahawks beat Dallas on the road just because it's on the road, it's a little bit more impressive. But I'm not like, oh, I was wrong about this team, too. It's like that's a good draw for both of them. But last night is just so everybody listening and people are still trying to come at me. Last night is why I like Russell Wilson. It is. He does what he has to. He makes the plays when he has to. He doesn't force it for the most part. That's why I like him. No, look, the thing is, I like Russell Wilson too. Sure. I, I've said that all along from day one. I just always like to keep everything into perspective of, you know, how much we're supposed to like him. Like I my my problem with the whole Russell Wilson thing, and we don't have to go down the, yeah, the let's thing not. again, is that there's a lot put on Russell Wilson and a lot of people want to deem Russell Wilson something special when I just don't think he deserves the accolades he gets. Even today, I was looking at our boy CT, number one dirtball. He tweeted something, and then you replied to it, that this is a testament to Russell's greatness, and it's a first quarterback to win seven, have winning seasons in seven straight years. That's just a lie. Tom Brady's never had a losing season. But it's not a lie. The stat is Russell Wilson is the first quarterback to start off his career with seven straight winning seasons, Tom Brady didn't start his first year. Yeah, that's why the stat's a lie. That's a way of shoehorning a. That's that's a way of finding a stat, twisting it to fit the, the what you wanted to say. But not really. This the stat is basically the stat is that Tom Brady has never had a losing season in twenty years. That's the stat. Well, well, the stat is to start their career. Yeah. No one has gone seven straight years because Russell has started since day one. Right. So so the, that's basically the stat. They're just basing it off. Right. I'm just saying, I, I understand I understand the wording of it. And okay. what I'm telling you is that's a bullshit stat. Because it's a bullshit way of putting something up on the screen during a fucking game that completely disregards actual facts, which are... There are quarterbacks that have come in and never even had a losing season for going on two decades of football. And just like Russell Wilson did it on a great team with a great coach, with a great scheme, was not a top anything pick, which is why a lot of quarterbacks have terrible seasons to start their career because the best quarterbacks get drafted by the worst teams. Yeah, but again, I think this is where you and I always find our disagreement in, in this spot. You don't want to give him enough credit. I, I do, but like this is this this statistic in particular is exactly the thing. People want to find a way to prop it up when if you take just an elementary look at that, you say, that's a bullshit stat. The, I get it. We found a loophole in wording, but the truth is, that's not true. But my argument is, like a lot of times when we talk top five and we talk quarterbacks, especially currently, Philip Rivers will make his way in or around the conversation. Correct. So, so I my mean, so my argument would be, I'm just I just I'm just picking him as an right. example. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying. So basically, Philip Rivers sat a couple years and then was on an amazing team. Right. I think that stat's important for Russ is because Phillip Rivers had pieces right away. He's winning 12, 13, 14 games. He couldn't sustain that either. So I think I think that's why that stat is is so important for Russ. It's saying he went through but I don't even having a good team. I, then he went through losing the Legion of Boom, complete rebuild. I mean, you read that article, you read that article, right? The Sports Illustrated article. Yeah. I mean, 
according to that Sports Illustrated article, which came out in September, all those guys in the Legion of Boom hated Russell Wilson. He was given preferential treatment. He was a pariah to a lot of those guys. And basically, that article is saying they're going to be shitty. Everyone thought the Seahawks would be shitty. That's why another reason, it's all these things come together. And me too, as a Russell Wilson fan, just so everybody knows, I'm not saying 100% the Seahawks win 9, 10 games this year all because of Russell Wilson. Prano's right. It is because of a defense. It is because of running game. And I'll even take it one step further. I think this is Pete Carroll's best coaching job that he's ever done. I agree. For the Seahawks. I agree. I don't know with USC, but... I mean, I agree because they have the number one rushing team in football, and they don't, like, you know, it's obviously too early to tell what Chris Carson is, but no one thought he's going to be this guy this fast. Yeah. Like, that, like the fact that they're the number one rushing team, but, like, again, and this is the thing, I, I don't want to trash, but I, I watch, in the 10 minutes I watch it, like, first, I don't know what it is. I don't know why, for some reason, everybody just wants to throw this guy all the credit when the fact is he's going to throw the ball less times this year than he has any time in his career besides his rookie year and the year right after when they won the Super Bowl. It's like the Pete Carroll's part of Pete Carroll's best coaching job ever is getting back to not letting re- let Russell Wilson throw the ball. But you could also say. The last couple of years, he's in the 500 range. Yeah, and that's when they're struggling. And everybody goes, "What the you know?" What's but they, happening? but they weren't really struggling. That's what I'm saying. They won nine games last year. They won ten games the year before. This year, they're going to win nine or ten games. Right. He's also thrown 34 touchdowns. So in the last four years, they will have never gotten to 11 wins. Tom Brady, the guy who's not going to be mentioned in that stat that we're shoehorning in Russell Wilson as some seven-time winning quarterback. Tom Brady has never, in his career, his entire career, has has been under 11 games three times. But I'm also not comparing Russell Wilson but to Tom Brady. But you should, because it's a very similar situation. Well, look, dude, I think when it's all said and done, again, I, I stick by the numbers. I stick by he's throwing less. But they showed the number last night. Him him and Patrick Mahomes are the top two in the NFL as far as touchdown passes per throws. Does that make sense? So basically, the percentage of throws those guys make that are touchdown passes are the two highest. So right. my- It's again, though, like, that's fine, but Patrick Mahomes has 14 more touchdowns sure. this year in his first year as a starter than Russell Wilson has ever had in a season. That's fine. He's having a great year. I don't want to be stuck in the Russ mud as we no, always get. It's it's fine. I I do. I'm wanna... taking the L. The Seahawks are better than I thought they would be. Obviously, they're going to probably win ten games if they don't lose a home game to Arizona, and then they get to play. They get to play on the road. And here, and honestly, here's the thing. This is where. The Russell Wilson. If you're a Russell Wilson slurper, which you unabashedly are, yes, then you get it. You get served on a platter. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks having a chance to prove their greatness. You have to win four road they're games in the, no, the Super Bowl. I, yeah, I wouldn't say greatness. They're they're not a great team. As a guy who's a fan of Russell Wilson, I'd be happy with one win to show how good he is. You know, they win that game, then they head into New Orleans. 
Right. My, my only point is we, you know, you throw them out there in the names of, you know, you throw them out there with the big all-time names that are still playing a lot. Yeah. And the Aaron Rodgers have been wild cards that won Super Bowl. The Eli Mannings have been wild cards that win Super Bowls. The Ben Roethlisberger's have been wild cards that win Super Bowls. I'm not saying Russell Wilson doesn't prove that he's great by not winning the Super Bowl this year, but I'm saying, here you go. You got you get to go on the road, and you get to go on the road all the way to the Super Bowl. The carpet is the the red carpet is laid down to to the Russell Wilson elite. Well, scepter. He, go take it, Russ. In my opinion, he doesn't need that. I, I stick by my. He's a top five quarterback. You don't, which is fine. I do want to talk about the team he played last night as well. I do. I don't have any faith in the Chiefs. I don't. I'm sorry. But what does that mean? It means that they're suspect. I've been saying this all along. Their defense is porous. It's the same shit I've said about the Rams all along. As the season continues, but I, but no, but but what does that mean in terms of suspect? You don't think they're they can win the Super Bowl? No, I don't think they will make the Super Bowl. Okay, you think they'll play in the AFC Championship game? I don't know. And this is going to sound crazy. The more I see these defensive teams, the Bears and the Ravens, the more I like those teams. Their defense is so suspect. And also, Andy, there's the Andy Reid factor. Look, Mahomes has had a great year. I'm not putting this on Mahomes, even last night. I'm not putting this on Mahomes at all. Well, they have the 29th ranked defense. That's my point. They're also, they're one in, they're not beating good teams, Brano. I mean, especially on primetime. They're, they're one, this year, the Chiefs, this is a good stat for it. The Chiefs are one in four. In primetime games, which are against the good teams this okay. year. And so, correct me if I'm wrong, but here are the th- here's three games that I can think of off the top of my head. On the road on Monday night at Los Angeles. True. On the road Sunday night in Seattle. On the road Monday night in New England. What am I missing? I think it was Sunday night, but that's fine. Yeah, those were three road games. You're right. At home, Thursday night against the Chargers. Which they won, and then we're missing one more. Well, they've only lost four games. Or no, they lost the Chargers. Right. They they beat Denver on the road. I think it was on the road. No, you're right. Oh, look, those games are on the road. I'm just saying, as a whole, I I don't trust the Chargers. Or I'm sorry, I don't trust the Chiefs. But again, like let's. I'm always just temper. Like what you're actually like, you have to make a. Are are you saying the Chiefs don't win a playoff game? I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked. Again, your boy, you've been critical of him all these years. the The Andy Reid factor. Look what happened last year. Marcus Mariota marched into Kansas City. I agree, 100. percent Put up 300 plus yards. I I 100. Look, I'm no one's more. No one's been an outright basher of Andy Reid's. Head coaching ability, yeah, as opposed to his play calling ability, I and think his he's offensive a, yes. genius and all that. But he's he he should have somebody who understands time, working the sideline with him, a hundred percent, no doubt about it. But again, I just think I'm just looking at it in terms of like a uh, a crazy successful season for you is if the the Seahawks win one wild card round game and you're like. Drop the mic right there. I think we all see what the Seahawks because are able the, to do. The, the Chiefs, because the Chiefs had a better regular season. Well, because the Chiefs, well, yeah, the one. I think the Chiefs have more talent. 
well, definitely, obviously, offensively, I think if you look at certain matchups, certain teams are going to pose problems for the Chiefs. I mean, Baltimore, that game was close. Since then, again, since that big game, I've, I, dude, again, I'll lump the Rams kind of into this. Both of those teams are... But also, how, like, New Orleans has been a different team in the last four weeks. Uh, Baltimore has been, obviously, significantly better. Yeah. Last, um, the Chargers, everybody was high on the Chargers. The Chargers lose this weekend. Like, there's a lot, you know, a lot has changed in the last month. Regardless of the the, I don't think it, there was a butterfly effect from the Chiefs Rams game that spread throughout football. I guess it depends on the, like the, the game was one hundred and five and the Saints <laughs> get like rocked by the blowback. The Saints are like we also don't know how to play football anymore. It's a tsunami. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly too soon. I think it depends on the matchup. That's where I'll just kind of correct myself. But if you ask me, do I like a Ravens team going into Kansas City and winning, I'd say yes. Do I like a Patriots team going into Kansas City and winning? Yes. Do I like a Texans team going into Kansas City and winning? I'd say no. So it kind of depends on the matchup. Who was the first one? The Ravens. You like them going in there to win it. I, I just, look, here's my thing with the Ravens at this point. They keep winning. I'm going to do this every week. You're going to do this every week. We keep kind of, the, the emoji of the guy shrugging how do they keep winning with Lamar Jackson? Their defense is playing that well. Exactly. Their defense is the best in football. It's amazing. And which is what people like refuse to like that's why the quarterback thing and we talk quarterbacks on the show all the time, but that's why like everything needs perspective. You know, people love to throw out random shit random facts random opinions and then back it up with like what they believe to be true but the truth is the truth is the ravens are winning football games because they have the best defense in football sure let's like move i get it we agree there's a quarterback change i get it but they're also like seattle running the ball i i know i saw entering right but you're a hundred percent right yeah and the reason is, and I don't want to go down a fucking wormhole again, but that's by design to take the ball out of the quarterback's hands. That's by design. They slow the game down. A hundred percent. But it, but like every team wants to run the ball. Like it's it's great if you're running the ball nonstop. Like that means you're winning if you're just like crushing runs all the time. But it's but there are, there's also you know, you look at the Saints, which are going to be the home team throughout the playoffs now. They have two great running backs. Drew Brees is not throwing the ball as much as he yes. has in, in the past, but he's still throwing sure. the ball a lot, right? Because they're not, Sean Payton's not going like, well, we need to get the ball out of Drew Brees' hands to be successful. I think John Harbaugh is saying, run it, be safe, throw the fucking ball away, no, no reckless long pass. Like, let's play defense, let's run the ball. Let's win football games. Ugly, gross, any way we can. It's all about the W. I think if I'm coaching the Rams, I kind of want to bring them in because you said something that made me think about. If I'm coaching the Rams, and I wa- obviously I watch them every week. I watched them again yesterday where they, they ran the ball a lot, even with C.J. Anderson. 
If I'm coaching the Rams come playoffs, we talk about the Rams and the Chiefs, I run the ball way more. That's my strategy. Yeah. I, I'm, in a way, taking the ball away, putting less pressure on Jared Goff, taking that pressure away. I'm throwing the ball 25, 30 times a game, maybe 30 times a game with Jared Goff. Because I think their running game, and the Rams have such a good offensive line. But 30 times a game is a lot when you compare it to Russell Wilson, when you compare it to Lamar Jackson, when you compare it to, you know, even Trubisky isn't often throwing the ball 30 times a game. You know, that's that like that's another team. Like if you look around the league right now in the NFL and going into the playoffs, you got and and I know like we we don't necessarily agree on lumping all these guys together, but like you got the Prescotts, the Jacksons, the Trubiskys, the you know, the the Russells, the like they these are teams that go play defense, run the ball, fucking live to you know like make it a gross game sure uh as opposed to you know on the other side of the thing we have the brady's the mahomes the breeze the rivers where you're kind of going this is on you guys roethlisberger if he gets in the, the, it's two completely different groups but i think again this is kind of and, and jared goff is a perfect jared goff is the guy I go which one? Which group are you putting him in? And what you're saying as an LA Rams fan, and what I think you're correct is, put him in with the Trubiskys and the Prescotts and the Russells, and go feed Gurley the ball. Don't make a fucking mistake, and try to win on having you know a, a, a strip a, sack by Aaron Donald. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I do think that should be the approach. And I think come playoffs, again, I've always said this. Again, that's been my knock on both the Rams and the Chiefs. They bring it back to that. The games are gonna they're gonna tighten up come playoffs. You have to you have to have a defense. You really do. I mean the defense has to do some something. And to me, that's the difference between if you look at the Rams and the Chiefs team. The the Rams defense is also porous. There's holes. But at any given moment, we both know there can be that Aqib Tlaib interception, that Aaron Donald strip sack. I'm not saying a guy like a Justin Houston can't do that for Kansas City, but I think there's more, you'd agree, we'd all agree, right? There's more defensive playmakers, hands down, on the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing about the Rams' defensive front is they've got guys who are like, even just playmaker like Sue... What is Sue's not, you know, Detroit Lions Sue, but he's enough to be like, well, we can't just fucking leave him alone. Yeah. And Aaron Donald is, you know, the Hulk. So, like, it, you know, it's it's going to be scheming and it's going to be figuring out a way to get those guys to make big plays. Give him the player of the year, defensive player of the year. I believe he had. Two or three more sacks yesterday. He's up to 19 and a half sacks. Is he leading the league in sacks? Yeah. 19 and a half sacks is a defensive tackle. Yeah. A defensive tackle. I would love to know the number of most sacks in NFL history in a season by a defensive tackle. He's got to have it. He's probably up there. Who else would be up there? Yeah. Well, I mean... The th- the Warren Sapp? Yeah. I mean, who knows? But no uh, way he had... No, 19's a lot. Um, this is this is, uh, this is is made possible by two things. 
Aaron Donald being a freak and the move in the NFL to limit edge pressure by design moving guys out of the pocket, design screens all over the place because the edge rusher is the game changer on defense and how to avoid those guys, you know, fucking up your offense. But what Donald is doing is going like, I'm a fucking freak. And now the only way you can get pressure is up the middle. And no one does that better than me. I just looked it up just so you know. The most sacks by defensive tackle were 18 in 1989 by Minnesota Vikings Keith Millard. Never heard of him. I've heard of him, but I would have not, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. So he broke that. He broke that yesterday. So we're kind of at the end of the season. We're kind of loosely talking, praying out. How are you feeling? I mean, we don't really, in my opinion, we don't really have to break down all these games. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take a quick loop, I don't know. I, I got to watch, I listened to a bunch yesterday on the ride home. I drove back from Vegas. I left at 9 a.m. So I listened to the Giants game and the end of the Eagles game on the radio and then uh, got back in time to watch Saints Steelers. Let's Steelers. talk about that. Let's talk about Steelers right now are out of the playoff picture. They need a Ravens loss. They need, a, yeah, they need a Ravens loss and them to win, and then they would win the division. Yeah. Otherwise, they're out, and the, they only, way, cle- they the only way they sneak in is if, by some miracle, the Titans Colts game is a tie. Yeah, they need a Cleveland win over the Ravens. What do you make of that fake punt call? Which one on the in the uh, in the Saints? Saints, game? yeah. Yeah, I mean... Ballsy. Ballsy, exactly. I like it. I don't hate it. Everyone wants to hate Tomlin for that. He's basically saying, I'm going against Drew Brees in the Dome. Right. I need to do something. Yeah, like... the Yeah, the idea... People love to second-guess shit when it goes wrong and be like, oh, it's fucking stupid. It's not about... Whether or not it's stupid, you have to look at the the upside downside potential. Like when you're factoring in if they punt it, then you're factoring that they get a stop. You can't you can't take that. It's like it's like an error on the double play. You know what I mean? If a if a if you if you hit a ground ball to second base and a guy tosses it to short and you get an out yeah. at second and then he throws it, you know, he throws a bad throw to first and the guy's safe. There's no error. You can't assume that he that, that he would have been out. Sure. You got an out. That's that's not an error. It's like you can't assume. We go back to like the Ron Rivera two-point conversion. It's like, well, the downside is you fucking lose the game, right? Whereas if you just take the thing, you you play to continue. This is this is on a whole other level. This is like we have to we have to punt, we have to stop them. I'm fine with it, honestly. Also, you need to fucking take risks. That's that's part of the whole thing. Like, how many times has McVeigh faked a punt this year? Yeah, seven, especially on the road. They had the lead at the time. Yeah, it's not like they were losing the game, guys. I have no problem with it. I'm just can. I'm at just, the time. What was the score? Thirty-one, twenty-eight, or something like that, or twenty. You know, it's not like it's not like this was a ten-seven game. Sure, everybody was doing their fair share of scoring, and in the second half. Not not a whole lot of stops gotten. 
No. So it's all about momentum, and it's all about you know what's happening in the game. Chewing up the clock, you get yeah. that first down. You're taking away time from the Saints. I don't think Mike Tomlin's a good coach. I, I mean, I think he's like a fine coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's severely overrated. But like, let's like it, this is the kind of thing where people love to jump on him about this, and it's like the problem is. You guys don't focus on the shit you need to be jumping on him about, and you focus on like a fucking random fake punt call. Yeah. But if they don't make the playoffs, man, wow. Yeah. That's huge. And two teams from the AFC South are now getting in. We had and and one of those teams might still win the fucking division. That that isn't the Texans. The Texans lose. The winner of that other game wins the division. Who do the Texans play, though? The Texans played the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. A division game. Those guys are going to want to play spoiler. So right now, the winner of Indy, Tennessee is in. Yeah, for sure. Unless they tie. Unless they tie. The Chargers are in. How about the Chargers, though, man? If they would have won against Baltimore, they would have jumped to the number one seed. Yep. Now, I didn't also, I know you were in Vegas. I was at a Christmas party. I did not get to see too much of that. I, get to wa- I got to watch that one. It was, uh, dude, I mean, first of all, Phillip Rivers opens the game with a pick. Yeah, I saw that. Late in the game, like, the, the Ravens defense, like, at this point, it's just, what can you say about the Ravens? They're the best defense of football. Yeah. Who do you like coming out of the AFC, though? You still like the Chiefs? I do. I like the Chiefs because even against a Brady Belichick in the playoffs, even though even though the Patriots aren't that good this year, and by 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 their standards, I want right. to say they're still a good team. Sure. I just see to me. There's no way I'm betting against. There's see, no me, way I'm betting against the Patriots going into Arrowhead. There's just no way. See to me, I I agree with you that the Chiefs become suspect. Against a really good defense, but that's not the Patriots. Yeah, Belichick's can be able to scheme and whatever, but like, I honestly like the the Titans going in and the Ravens going in. Like, I'd actually be more and and this is not a knock. Like, no one has been more outspoken that like Belichick is the fucking goat than me. Like, Belichick is the goat coach. He's the goat. Okay. That where what what that means for Tom Brady is like a discussion that you know, Matty Goldberg and Jonesy can have on like PatriotsPod.com or whatever. But like, he's the goat, and what he's going to come up with is going to be fucking fantastic. But they just don't have that defense. I, I like yes, of course they could win, but I'd be more worried if I'm a Chiefs fan that some great defense comes in. And it doesn't become a shootout. And like the Chiefs are going to thrive in a shootout. They're going to love, they're going to want to play those games because Andy Reid has no idea how to fucking manage a clock. And that shouldn't be, that's not a factor if you're just like, who's going to have the ball last? Yeah. When it becomes a factor is when you're playing, you know, 13 7 games into the fourth, when you're playing 17 10 games into the fourth. Now Andy Reid's fucking, you know, He's turning into a Salvador Dali painting where just clocks are melting. 
So right now, we have some interesting matchups to kind of look ahead. You'd have Texans, if they win this week, against the winner of Colts-Titans. Yep. Another division game. That'd be awesome. You'd have the Chargers now traveling to Baltimore. That'd be a fun game. That'd be super fun. Phillip Rivers doesn't want any fudging part of that. Although the Chargers are what? Undefeated on the road? That's what I'm saying. I, I watched that game. I watched, I watched the first quarter before I had to leave. I watched that game and I just say, there is no home field advantage. There's none. In fact, you'd, it's almost like there's a home field disadvantage because you don't get to play. Like, you're, you're not even getting to come in and be like the enemy. You don't have the edge of that. Exactly. You're just like, we're eh. here. No one gives a shit. Eh. Sean Merriman cares. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's it's like a semi. It's like a meal you eat that you're just eating for sustenance. It the I follow a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, I follow a lot of people on Instagram. Like when you pile all your social media together, I file I follow different people on different social medias. Like the it's not like all the same people. You know what I'm saying? I. Don't know. I ha- there are some Chargers fans that I follow. I haven't seen a Chargers fan at a Chargers game on my social media the whole year. I saw Chris Wilde at the Chargers game yesterday. I see Merriman there every week. Merriman's a former Charger who lives in L.A. and who work- works for the team. Yeah, works for the local. I've seen Chiefs fans at Chiefs games. I've seen. I've seen. God, I've seen like. Fans of terrible teams. That ter- I mean, I've seen Niners fans at fucking, you know, Niners road games. It's funny you said I at the Christmas party I was at Saturday night. We I had a deep talk with somebody from San San Diego. There's a bunch of people there from San Diego, and he summed up what we've been saying all year. He goes, "Look, man, I live in L.A. They left. He's like, I won't go to games until Dean Spano sells the team." He's like, it's like you live in L.A., dude. Go to the game. This is, they just came to your city. But he won't. That's what he said because of how it was handled. He's like, I won't go to games. I refuse. I just like, I don't even, like, I'm trying to think. If the Giants up and moved out of New York and they relocated to fucking Toronto, I'd be like, what the fuck? But if they came to L.A., I'd be like, fucking bonus. <laughs> I'm a... I just became a bigger Giants fan somehow. I now have fucking season tickets to the Giants. Uh, my opinion of this, and I know the, not that they're out there. They don't exist, so they're not going to argue with me. But, like, they left San Diego because y'all weren't fans in the first place. And and so now well, all, all, all Chargers fans got was an excuse to keep being the exact kind of Chargers fans that they were always, which is they didn't care. They didn't go to games in San Diego. If they did, they wouldn't have left. It's a mess. It's definitely a mess. And, like, you know, I, I, I threw down the gauntlet for Phillip Rivers last year, or at the, you know, last, last week. week, as far as what they, but, like, the thing is, this is this is a we're talking about the AFC playoff picture. This is a factor that the Chargers 
don't have a home field advantage even if they got a home game and actually might be better off playing on the road because their fans don't exist. I agree. I wholeheartedly think the Chargers are better off playing all three away games, which is what would have to happen for them to make the Super Bowl. Completely agree. They have zero home field advantage. Give them that edge, that road edge, walking into a rowdy environment. Now that we're talking about owners and the Chargers, I do want to bring up something about my hometown, Cincinnati Bengals, real quick. The rumor is that I saw, and I posted this on Twitter, that the Bengals are going to, you're going to love this, the Bengals are going to let Marvin Lewis decide when he wants to leave, one, and two, if he does decide to step down and leave the team, they are going to look at Vance Joseph if he gets fired from the Broncos head coaching job as their new coach. At this point, the Cincinnati Bengals, it's like a make-a-wish. I'm having a brain aneurysm. For black, for failed black NFL coaches. They're like, is Dennis Green still alive? Can can we get Dennis Green? Can we can we have can Dennis Green undertaker his way to being the fucking our next head coach? <laughs> Where's Art Shell? How's Art Shell doing? Prano, I'm not making this up. It's so ludicrous. I mean, I gotta per, imagine per Adam Schefter. So- I gotta imagine like the biggest fucking uh, South Park jizz all over the computer meme would be if the Pittsburgh decided to move on from Tomlin and Cincinnati. Like, Oh, black guy from the Steelers? Give us him. We already offered the job to Heinz Ward, and he didn't want it. Give us fucking Mike Tomlin. Per Adam Schefter, so this is legit, he says, if the Denver Broncos part ways with head coach Vance Joseph, he's expected to emerge as a candidate for the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator job and potentially even their head coach, when Marvin Lewis decides he's had enough of coaching, a league source tells ESPN. A league source tells Adam Schefter that the top five coaching candidates for the Cincinnati Bengals are Marvin Lewis if he stays, Hugh Jackson or Vance Joseph if he, do- if he doesn't, the combination of <laughs> of used of unused body parts between Art Shell and Dennis Green, and of course, Chris Rock with Louis C.K. as his offensive coordinator. <laughs> Just yelling the N-word on the sideline the whole day. It's unbelievable. The Cincinnati Bengals are a make-a-wish for black NFL coaches. Like, in a perfect world, Samuel L. Jackson is their head coach next year, right? <laughs> like, just in just in training camp? The motherfucking fullbacks need to get on the motherfucking plane! <laughs> if you live in Cincinnati, or if you're from Cincinnati... I can't say this enough. First of all, kill yourself or move. <laughs> well, let, lay off my hometown for a second. I'm actually heading back there in about 24 hours. I'll be back there tomorrow. At this time, I will be there. Anyway, eating some delicious... Applebee's. <laughs> homemade Waltz beef stew or chili or whatever he's cooking up. No, but seriously... In honor of your Cincinnati uh, life, I am, I'm actually making chili for Christmas tomorrow. Oh, you are? Yeah. Send pics. I'll show them to my dad. I'll be like, it's what? Just stop supporting them. This whole notion of I can't, just just don't support them. Literally, this, this, did you see Joe's face? He thought I was giving him fake news. Yeah. Like this was a joke. We didn't even really touch on the fact that they're going to let Marvin Lewis decide. Like 
it, what's so funny about when the he Bengals, wants to leave. What, yeah, what's so funny about the Bengals is I don't know if you saw, but the the Jets had to put a press release out today saying that Todd Bowles is their head coach and specifically that they're not interested in Jim Harbaugh because everywhere that there is a football vacancy from pro to college right now, two names are coming up forever. Harbaugh and Mike McCarthy. And the Cincinnati Bengals are like, Vance Joseph, (laughs) Hugh Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Rock, Tony Rock, (laughs) fucking all the Wayans brothers. The kid from Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah. All the Wayans brothers. All the Wayans brothers. (laughs) Leslie Jones. Uh, Hugh Jackson came back to Cincinnati because he had the inside scoop and the Bengals got waxed in both those games against the Browns. Yep. It's unbelievable. I didn't get to watch any of that game. I didn't really watch it. I got the family text. The hate is strong within the Ruther clan. Four. Oh, they just the hatred for the Bengals. The hatred. The hate watching. Of just watching them lose. I feel like the Bengals... You know what the Bengals need to do? The Bengals need to like... They need one of those like full changes of like they need to change their uniforms they need to change their coaching staff they need they just like they need to become a new franchise while remaining the same franchise yeah does that make sense they need to do the full the full rebuild like remember when the jets were the old like black and green with the jet on the helmet like parcells came in he was like i'm bill parcells we're not going this anymore boom like they they became a whole different fucking organization yeah i'm looking at the text lots lots of lots of hate texts from my brothers yesterday. You need to do what my family has done. Just giving up. Don't support them. But although my family still hate watching them. You can't even do that. Don't don't even support them. Don't watch them. I do want to bring up Baker Mayfield though. He had another good game yesterday. Did you see the clip I sent you? I did not. It was it was more antagonizing Hugh Jackson. He had a great throw. I think it was a touchdown pass. He slowly walked by Hugh Jackson, and then he did he did a backwards stare down. And I just want to be like, dude, get over it. Like, you're having a great rookie year. You're playing well. The team's 5-2 and two since they fired Hugh. Hugh didn't start you. But it was like this slow-mo. He did, he did literally a back step, staring him down extra slow. After he walked by, after he walked by him and st- stared him down. A- am I being stupid now? Am I being ridiculous? I just think he's being petty. I mean, I think we've 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 done the Baker Mayfield thing all the time, and you're not going to convince Baker Mayfield slurpers that uh, you know that 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 this isn't the fucking coolest thing. He's dangerous. Dangerous. Who's you? Are you fucking Maverick and Top Gun? Like, knock it off. Like, just. I mean, you would think that winning football games would be enough. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it is enough for people who that's all they care about. But name me a quarterback, like a top ten quarterback, who's doing this. 
Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Mahomes gets a little he he pimps some stuff every once in a while, but like Mahomes, yeah, but these these guys aren't pimping. But he's not like standing over Alex Smith's dead body and being like, "What's up? That's why. That's why I should have started over you last year, hurt ass bitch." You're like, "All right, fucking relax, dude." Yeah, Pat Mahomes is just like, "I'm I'm really happy to be playing." Rookie of the year. Everyone now is You're on. You're saying ba- it's Baker Mayfield. I'm asking you, and then I'll weigh in. Everyone now is saying Baker Mayfield over your boy Saquon Barkley. Okay. The Browns are currently seven seven and one. Yep. I don't know if that should be a factor in a individual award, but okay. Well, people are going to factor it in. Of course, people are always going to factor it in. People are people are dumb. So the Browns are basically one win away from their first winning season. Everyone is saying Baker Mayfield, he, he's thrown, I believe this stat was, he's at 24 touchdowns, only Peyton Manning, yeah, only Peyton Manning and my boy Russell Wilson have thrown more touchdowns passes their rookie year as a rookie quarterback. Okay. The way I would do it, and I actually haven't looked at it because I didn't know this was a topic of conversation, but Baker Mayfield comes into the league, he starts as a rookie. He's one of he's one of the starting quarterbacks on 32 teams in the NFL. Where does he rank in the quarterback rankings for the 32 teams in the NFL? Like if you broke it all down, if you take, you know, if you take an average of, you know, his his yards per game, his touchdowns per game, his interceptions per game, his QBR, his QB rating, take take the whole thing. Yeah. Where do we think he sits? You know, if you had to ballpark it, if you had to do a full quarterback thing, do you think he's a top 10 statistical quarterback? He's probably middle, middle of the pack. M- middle of the 32. You think he's probably 12 to 15? Yeah. I think you're. Pro- I think it's probably right. I think, you know, I maybe even would go a little bit wider. I'd say he's definitely in the 10 to 20 range, right? So that's he would truly be the middle third. Now, as far as running backs go... Take all the running backs. Take the yards per carry. Take the you know the average yards per game. Total yards from scrimmage. Total touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. Uh, all that. Where do you think Saquon Barkley? Do you think he's ten to twenty? Well, obviously, it's going to be Gurley, Zeke, and Saquon at the top three. I think that's. I mean, I'm not. I don't need to be. I don't need to be a Giants homer. I'm just going to say that that conversation alone would be the conversation I would have with myself if I were voting for the Rookie of the Year, and I would leave it at that. Well, the argument, again, I'm solely playing devil's advocate here. You know, obviously, I said I felt Saquon was the best back in the league early on. The argument could be made that he has helped single-handedly, again, it is a team game, helped change that culture of Cleveland. And how were they doing when... Hugh Jackson was the head coach of the football team and Baker Mayfield was starting. They still sucked. So they've gone five and two since Greg Williams took over. So if you had to put an X factor on when this season turned, was it the starting of Baker Mayfield? I would say it was the firing of Hugh Jackson. So let's take the winning factor out of the equation and just look at what each player has been able to do in their game. Like, if we look, and I don't know, I haven't looked, I have not, here's the reason I haven't looked. I'm not really in the habit of breaking down the 10th to 20th 
best passers in football. How does Baker Mayfield's statistical season compare to Sam Darnold's? Oh, he's destroying Darnold. Is he? I haven't looked. I guarantee it. I guarantee he's not destroying Darnold. I guarantee he's destroying Darnold. And what is destroying? In touchdowns, in yards, way less interceptions. Why don't I just pull it up real quick? Pull it up. Because now I'm curious. And by the way, I do think Baker Mayfield should win a Rookie of the Year award over Sam Darnold. But I'm just saying. He's destroying him. If you're factoring in that he plays quarterback. All right. So what do we have here? We have Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold on pro football reference. Yeah, it's uh, he's destroying him. Baker, like I said, has 24 touchdown passes to 11 interceptions. Sam Darnold has 17 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Baker has thrown for... 3,349 yards. Sam Darnold has thrown for 2,698. Darnold has started 12 games. Baker has started 13. So okay. pretty even. So yeah, Baker's taking a hot steamy dump on him. Okay. I mean, again, I I this is how I would be doing it if I were if I were voting for offensive rookie of the year. Who came in? Like, do we agree? Let, let, let's just do this. Do we agree that Saquon Barkley came into the league and from day one until today has been an elite back in the NFL? Look, I'm voting for Saquon. Okay. I, no, I'm, yeah. you're, I'm saying devil's advocate. He's yeah. an elite back in the NFL. Correct. Correct? No one's questioning whether or not he is an elite back, whether he will be an elite back going forward, whatever. We also agree Baker Mayfield has not proven he is an elite quarterback in the NFL. Agreed. He's looked great at times. You could argue, if you wanted to make the argument, that one day Baker Mayfield would be an elite quarterback in the NFL. Agree. You could probably make the argument, if you were desperate to, which I am not, that there that Baker Mayfield may not end up being a, an elite quarterback in the NFL. That would just be – you would just be – you, well, you'd be doing the same thing as the reverse. You'd be trying to predict the future. And there, therein lies the answer to your question. We don't need to predict the future for Saquon to have answers. We have answers. We have questions on Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to be great. Saquon's great now. Yeah, we agree. If I am voting, if they said Dirty Sports Podcast has a vote, and we should for Rookie of the Year, I would vote for Saquon Barkley, basically for all the things you said. I thought about it last night, too. I was wrong, at least so far, about Baker. I thought Baker was going to suck or be a bust. I don't remember exactly what I said. I've been wrong about that. He's played well. He's played very well. But... Now, if this was the NBA, Pat Mahomes is my rookie of the year. Right? Like the way fucking Ben Simmons gets it for not playing. Pat Mahomes, okay. But that it's not the NBA. It's the NFL. The first year in the league that you are on a roster, the offensive rookie of the year, in my opinion, is Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Can we talk about the Eagles real quick? Sure. Nick Foles again. 
four touchdowns, 300-plus yards, late comeback against a playoff team. So they win back-to-back games against 10-plus win teams. And Deshaun Watson drives him down at the end of the game, gets a go-ahead score, gives the ball back to Foles. He drives him right down the field, gets a field goal, ball game. Eagles fans, you got to be, you really, I mean, because I saw some people coming at some tweets, some of our Instagram posts. Saying what? Well, well, he's great now. We have Wentz back next year. Do you want Wentz? You have to ask yourself that. Yeah, I think, I think Eagles fans are really, really struggling because I think they all want Wentz to be the quarterback of the future. I think that every team wants to have a guy playing quarterback for them that they know is going to be there for the next 15 seasons. That happens so rarely in the NFL. Sure. We we are coming out of I think the the era of the great franchise quarterback and I and I it's of my opinion that I don't think that I think that was the true golden age. I think that the Brady, Breeze, Peyton, Eli, Big Ben, Rivers, that I think that you know the tail the the early days of Aaron Rodgers I think that will go down as the golden age of the quarterback in the NFL could you maybe even go all the way back to Marino Elway I mean uh, I, I'm saying of like if we're going to lump like a golden 30 years well the the reason I'm going to say those those more recent guys is because the there was 10 of them you know give or take in the NFL at the exact same time whereas if you go back it was just Marino Elway, Montana. And it's like every team had their quarterback then, but like Jim Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jim Kelly. Okay, fine. We'll put Jim Kelly in there. But like when you look around the league, you know, you know as a Giants fan, like I'm not going like Phil Sims was a part of that great quarterback. Sure. Era. That, uh, you know, Steve DeBerg was a great part of that quarterback era that like there was. That same thing where one class had a fucking tremendous you know, quarterback run. But, like, you look at that, that year, those years in the middle there with the Brady, the, the Mannings, Rodgers, you know, even far, the Favre-Rodgers combo, Rivers. That was – I don't think that we'll ever have an era again where you're going to get to the end of guy's career where suddenly – I don't think – I'll say this. I don't think – Eight years from now, we're going to be going, and maybe your boy Russell Wilson is still playing quarterback in the NFL in eight years, but I don't think eight years from now you're going to be like, Russell, Cam, blah, blah. Like, you're not going to have guys who are like, this is their 15th year in the league, 15th to 20th year in the league as starters. We, we can do that for a third of the teams in the league right now between you know, Manning, Breeze, Rogers, like the, the, those guys all lasted. And it's not just well, that they, third. That's a lot. Well, okay. Flacco just lost his job, but like you got Manning, Breeze, Rogers, Brady, Brady, Big Ben, Rivers. Did I already say that? No, that's six. So you're close, right? You're close to a third or um, close to a quarter. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we'll we'll I don't think that we're ever going to see that again. No, I think you bring up a great point, and it is. We are in a golden age or 
maybe finishing a golden age of quarterbacks. But I also thought you brought up a great point last episode to kind of bring it back to Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, when somebody gets injured significantly two out of their first three years in the league, Joe made a point last episode. How often do those guys then become not injury prone? I couldn't really think of one. I go back to the same thing I said last year. Okay, the Eagles are nine and six right now. They're eight and seven. Eight and seven. Okay, so we're on the verge of a nine and seven season if they win next next week. Coming off a of Super Bowl, Super Bowl hangovers happen. Yeah, they're, it's they're, tough. They're starting quarterback. Well, first of all, Foles had to start the year, and then it is not a viable strategy if you're going to keep your system in place. We we talked about this with you know. Uh, the, I mean, Tug and I and everybody around the league talking about now paying your quarterbacks. It is not a viable system for the Philadelphia Eagles to pay both Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. It's not. That is not. You cannot keep your core. You cannot build a team the way that you built a Super Bowl winner by paying Carson Wentz a starting quarterback's salary and by paying Nick Foles a starting quarterback's salary. You're not going to be able to do it. So then the question becomes... Who do you choose? Okay, you can choose Carson Wentz. As a Giants fan, choose him. Choose Carson Wentz. Have, you know, Nate Sudfeld as your backup. Let Nick Foles go, you know, be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars or let, you know, Nick Foles go be the quarterback of whoever. Fine, let it happen. If you're an Eagles fan and you're not worried that by doing that, you're now going to have a 5 and 11 season when Carson Wentz gets hurt or a 6 and 10 season when Carson Wentz gets hurt. You just are you're not actually an Eagles fan because he's been getting hurt. He's been staying hurt and he's he's had a season ending injury. He has a spinal injury. It's we're not, not good. We're not talking about hamstrings here. Yeah. We're not talking about hamstrings. Oh, every year he's going to be out fucking the first two weeks of the year with a hamstring injury because he's going to, you know, pull something in training camp. This is not a hamstring injury. This is spines and things that end in CL. I have to laugh. I'm looking at YouTube. I see our first downvote. You know that was an Eagles fan because it just happened. You know there's an Eagles fan who's currently watching this live on YouTube who it's like they can't handle the truth. Guys, Carson Wentz is injury prone. If Nick Foles loves being a Philadelphia Eagle and is going to play for peanuts to be the Philadelphia Eagles backup and play games when Carson Wentz gets hurt, go for it. But otherwise, as a New York football Giants fan, I love the idea of Nick Foles going to be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love it. Yeah. Because what you're left with is Carson Wentz who, when he's on the field, is an MVP. But he's not always on the field. And, and you brought up a good point about the seriousness of these injuries. These aren't Big Ben missing one, two, maybe three games. People, look. Th- those weren't serious injuries he was suffering. We have, for, for every Philadelphia Eagles slurper out there, we've got... Cowboys slurpers. 
We've had Brett Ernst on the show talking about Tony Romo's the greatest one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history. Tony Romo was great when he played. But his career the if you had to have a picture describing Tony Romo's career, back brace. The picture is the one where he's got the chalk outline on the ground, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm not, serious question. You have to choose one picture of Drew Brees' career. What's the picture? Like, I actually have the picture in my head. As far as, what do you mean? What, if you had to go, okay, we're, we're putting together a book of Drew Brees' NFL career. It's him holding his kid with the fucking earphones on. And, and the Super Bowl the trophy. Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Eli Manning. With the Lombardi up, dumb face, everybody fucking, it's it's every Giants fan's reply to everything, right? Deal with it, two fucking rings coming down over his eyes, over his rolled back eyes, like Peyton Manning, like we have it. Tony Romo's is him laying on the ground, that time where it looked like he was a chalk outlined and a murder scene. <laughs> it is, that's the picture of his career. What is the other picture? What is the other standout moment? You know, finger up, Joe Namath. Him like, fumbling the snap against the Seahawks in the playoffs. You can say how great Tony Romo was all the time. What's, to me, right now... And Romo, you're right. He was great on the field. To me, right now, the picture of Carson Wentz's career, in my head, is Carson Wentz diving for the end zone in Los Angeles on a fucking run-pass option last year. And he's been fucking two plays later. He shreds his knee, and and he's out for the year. Like that's that's the Carson Wentz. The Carson the picture of Carson Wentz's career right now is the him diving on an option into the end zone in Los Angeles, seconds before he injured himself on another play. Yeah. Before we move on, I want to bring up the Josh Gordon thing because we have not touched on it. He has been suspended indefinitely for a, another positive drug test. I'm assuming it's probably marijuana, cannabis related. I don't know. And I don't know if you know what happened. I did some, you know, I, I went down that rabbit hole to see what happened. Basically, the Patriots had a guy assigned to him 24-7. And during the bye week, he slipped that guy. <laughs> I'm not making this up. During the bye week, he slipped that guy. This is per ESPN's Adam Schefter. I just want to know if it was the same guy whose job it was to like film Jets practices. They're like, look, you're technically not allowed to do that anymore, so here's what you're going to need to do. Instead of spying on the Jets, you're going to spy on Josh Gordon. He's like, oh, man, what a great... What a great repurposing of my talents. I am a hired spy by the Patriots, and we're not allowed to spy on other teams anymore. So now we're, I'm an internal spy. This is dope. There's a guy who's made a career spying on various things for Bill Belichick. Well, I think he wasn't necessarily a spy. He was just... Filming him from across the bar. Security detail. I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it. It's a guy like in the, in the mezzanine of a fucking... Of the, uh, Boston Club all I filming know, him taking fucking well all I know is according to report hits all I know is <laughs> according to reports it was during the bye week it does sound like a scene out of a TV show or movie he slipped this guy just Josh Gordon 
pulling into a fucking above ground parking lot and switching cars and coming out the other side like the fucking Italian job. Yeah, so he could basically. We've lost him. We've lost him. He's gone underground. It's like fucking uh, Ray Liotta and Goodfellas with the fucking black helicopters following him. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for Josh Gordon, though. I really do. All jokes aside. Obviously, he can't resist any of these things. Sorry, I don't feel bad for millionaires who can't fucking stop smoking. Like, if I, I'm trying to think of one thing. I think he's got a problem, man. Yeah, he does have a problem. He has a fucking self-control problem. He has a fucking self-sabotage problem. Yeah, but it's it's I don't know if you read it, it pot like have, have you have you read on his story? I mean he do he, he he really came from some shit, man. Okay. And I know I, I know a lot of these guys have. Yeah. I know a lot of these guys came from some very rough, not easy upbringings. But I mean if he's got to do Italian job to get high? To get high or whatever he's doing. He's got he's got some issues mentally. Oh yeah, well, we know that already. You don't have any sympathy for him. I don't know what I'm I don't know like again, I don't know what he did, but like if the sympathy is that on his bye week he had to slip a fucking tail to smoke cannabis, hit the vape pen. I'm, I'm like, what? What couldn't you give up for like four million dollars a year? Somebody's like four million dollars, dude. You went celibate for like six months. You don't drink anymore. If I was like four million dollars a year, you could never smoke pot again. Four Fuck. million, four million dollars for one year to never smoke pot again for the rest of your life. Would you take the money? Of course. What the fuck are we talking about here? But I'm also not Josh Gordon. Okay. But you're not allowed to drink because of your brain injury and like this is your one outlet. No fuck. You can't run ever again for $4 million. You can't go to the fucking sound bath. $4 million for one year. It's float lab. I mean, there's a lot of things I'd I never do. even walk again for $4 million. For $4 million, I'd be like, I mean, I'll, I'll voluntarily wheelchair everywhere. But you're solely putting this into a monetary viewpoint. Because he comes from some shit or whatever is like, well, now you're not in the shit anymore. The only reason you're going to be back in the shit is because you can't stop doing things. Like, just grow up. At some point, you have to grow up. He's going to grow up, and it's going to be too late. We're going to have the 30 for 30 for for Josh Gordon 15 years from now, where he's a $150,000 a year drug counselor, where he's running Josh Gordon's fucking, you know, camp for, you know, cannabis-addicted boys like they all fucking do. It'll be Chris Carter one day, where he's fucking, you know, talking about how he, oh, he he had this addiction back in the day. It's just like, dude... What do you like? My question is the monetary thing is like that helps you to achieve so much. Yeah. Money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does buy you the ability to do all these things that you couldn't do otherwise. Like, who needs cannabis if they're on like a in the in a private beach bungalow in Bali? Like, who, like, why do you need it? Like, Look, man, we agree on a lot of these things. I'm in a way also playing devil's advocate. I also don't know the mindset of some of these people because whether it's Josh Gordon or somebody we know. I mean, if you're smoking crack, I get it. 
because it's like, man, crack fucking fucks you up and you like, whether you like it or not, you're addicted to crack. Like I'm a guy who's, who's potential dynasty of my baseball team was ruined because guys couldn't get off of cocaine and I get it, man. Like you're a crackhead. (laughs) But if Josh Gordon is slipping people to get high on pot and then fucking duffing his drug tests, I'm like, dude, what, you know. But this also brings into another discussion of he's failing for what we know for the most part. Now, he did have a DUI at one point, too, and that, so that was alcohol-related. But he's failing marijuana cannabis tests in a league that is shooting you up full of uh, Vicodin. Dude, don't even like we don't even need to go down the path that obviously pot should be completely legal. But he's not he's not if he was out there Colin Kaepernicking for fucking cannabis, that'd be a different story. If he was like, I'm smoking it and I don't care what people think and fucking I don't want to be a part of a league that fucking criminalizes a very safe, you know, thing. But there's also I am the utmost cannabis activist. I, of course, it should be fucking legal everywhere. It should, honestly, some people should be forced to try it, whether they like it or not. But I could also give it up yeah. at any moment for a couple million bucks. Sure. Forever. Because you know what? I'd be able to provide for my my family. That's a, forget the family I don't even have, a wife, a kid, all that. I'd be able to provide for... My my siblings, my mom, my dad. Think about that. Like, my dad's going into a better hospital. My mom's gonna have a better house to retire in. Like, you're 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 just being a selfish fuck when you do that. You're putting yourself above lots of other people. Yeah, everybody should smoke pot all the time. But if you're giving me a couple million bucks to scatter around to all my friends and family to not smoke pot, I'm taking the deal. Like, grow the fuck up, dude. All righty. But it's just going to be... The best part about this is, like, did Tom Brady... Is Tom Brady a part of this at all? Is Tom Brady, like, trying to get him high? And he's like, no, I have no weapons. Like, I could totally see Tom Brady, like... Oh, conspiracy. Not, wa- not wanting the Josh Gordons on his team. Conspiracy theory. Went into Arrowhead, upset the Chiefs, no receivers, washed Gronk, Edelman, the true goat. He's a goat. He lost Josh Gordon in week 15. He still won an Arrowhead. There's no, he is a goat, and his goat has goats. He's the father of the goats. (laughs) I love how you've spun this now into... Brady got him high so he could fail so it would improve his legacy. Yeah. Interesting take. All right, let's talk some baseball. But before we do that, Joe, we've been talking so much NFL. I'm excited. I will be back here for the playoffs. And if the Rams do get a home playoff game, and they should, barring a natural disaster at this point, I will be going and I will be going to that game via my friends at SeatGeek. Playoff football in L.A. What more could you ask for? Can't. I mean, it'll be perfect weather. Hop on the train. Get some. Get some cheap SeatGeek t- tickets on the on the visitor side. The visitor side <laughs> tailgate. 
before the game with the Shabelli family. It'll be absolutely and amazing. Josh Gordon, who's heard about the spread and is so high that he's now a member of the Shabelli family. He's like, what? How many different sandwiches are you guys going to get? So, guys, if you need tickets for any sports event, concert, comedy show, Broadway play, anything, download the SeatGeek app. Because best of all, all you guys get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Shout out to SeatGeek. I was just at Tom York in Vegas at the at the beautiful Chelsea inside the Cosmopolitan. What a great little theater. We were actually, my brother and I were looking on SeatGeek. Here's how great SeatGeek is. We were shopping on SeatGeek while in the venue because there was like a VIP section and we're like, we're going to upgrade. We might upgrade to the VIP section if there's some tickets on SeatGeek. Amazing. So take advantage of that offer today. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Okay. It is Christmas Eve, so we can't have too long of an episode. But we got to discuss my hometown Reds making a trade with my current city, yeah. the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I like the trade for the Reds. I hate the trade for the Dodgers. But I only say that because... It's a senseless trade unless something's to come, which obviously something is to come. They're obviously clearing cap space. They obviously want Bryce Harper, I assume, if not Machado back. I can't imagine that they're going to try to go for both, but I guess they could. But uh, they're clearly, clearly getting rid of money in hopes of spending that money. And in that case, in essence, it's a win all around. So if you didn't see it, the Reds traded... Homer Bailey and a couple prospects. And by the way, when I say cap space, there is no cap, but yeah. you know what I mean. Just trying to clear some funds. So the Reds traded Homer Bailey and his 1-14 last year record to the Dodgers with some prospects for Yasiel Puig. Uh, I almost said Sean Kemp. How hilarious is that? Yeah. Uh, Matt Kemp and um, Alex Wood. Yep. As a Reds fan, I like this trade, of course. It's a great trade for the Reds for a number of reasons. They get veteran players that will immediately join their starting lineup and their rotation. And I don't know Alex Wood, but Kemp and Puig's deals are running out, right? So Wood and Puig are both up for arbitration in 2019. And I think I saw combined they'll make about twenty one or twenty two million, which is what they were paying Homer Bailey. Right. So you get those two guys for a shitty player player who the Reds were overpaid because he had two no hitters. And I love it. Now, how Yasiel Puig is gonna adjust living in the city of Cincinnati or playing all his home games there, that's to be determined. Right. That's a little scary. You went from the bright lights, the big city of Los Angeles, to it is a band box though. Like the like balls fly out of that ballpark. He arbitration wise, like he might be fucking stoked. Yeah, his his home run numbers go up, his well, salary do, goes up. You know also, think, isn't he sitting at home playing with Beanie Babies? Like fucking your rent's a lot cheaper in Cincinnati. <laughs> you know his hitting coach, who he loved on the Dodgers, like that was his boy. Also. Is now on the Reds. Well, there you go. Is it, is Sound, it a, sounds like Puig's due for a big, big season. 
Dodgers fans, I was reading the tweets, man, are so pissed. About what? Getting they, rid of Puig? They love Puig. Yeah. We go, to, we go to Dodgers games. Yeah. What's not to really... I mean... He's the number one selling jersey. The, here's the thing. Puig, Puig came out of the gate like he was Mickey fucking Mantle. Now, he has not lived up to his first, whatever, 30 games in the big leagues or whatever it was when everybody was like, he's Dominican Mike Trout. I've called I mean? him average, though, Prano. He's, I have. He's average. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I look, av- average meaning what? Like, is he the average big league, you know? Meaning he's going to bat between 250 to 260, right. give you 20 bombs and 65 RBIs. He, is, he's, he goes hard in the field. He has a fucking cannon for an arm. He, you know, he's he's not a smart base runner, but he's he's fast. Uh, he is a four tool player. You know what I True. mean? True. He's a four tool. He runs. He fields. He throws. He hits for power. He doesn't hit for average a ton, but like four to five ain't bad. Yeah. Um. Great personality. You know, I understand Dodgers fans being upset that he's gone. But the move is obviously – they're obviously trying to clear money and a space in the outfield for Bryce Harper. Now, you could argue – like, no one's saying that Puig and Bryce Harper are comparable players. Of course, Bryce Harper would be a, a, a major upgrade. But there are locker room factors. There are how much people are going to like. Then there's also just money. Like, value-wise, you were getting a pretty decent value for – week he wasn't even he wasn't necessarily playing 162 games he wasn't. in the outfield he wasn't and he was which all, is a whole other dave roberts fucking he wasn't an everyday mark. starter no yet he still in the last five seasons he, without being an everyday starter he led the dodgers in home runs rbis triples you know you know all the all those big power categories and also you do bring up the point about the small stadium and, and how balls just fly out of Great American. I think it's great. I might have to get me a Reds Puig jersey. Ooh, look at you. Now, I put this on Twitter. If I wore a Reds Puig jersey to a Reds Dodgers game in LA, would Dodgers fans embrace that or want to fight me? Uh, I don't know. I guess they'd probably embrace it. It'd probably be 50-50. People who want to fight you over your jersey are going to want to fight you over your jersey regardless. But like he's their loved one, and and the fact that it's like you got the gang thing, red and blue, you got well, a lot of stuff. A going lot on. can happen between now and opening day. Puig. They might trade him. Yeah, or and or Puig starts fucking trashing the Dodgers, or who knows. Yeah, I like it. I like, it's a good deal. I, I'm gonna. I know it's early. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it out there though. I don't care who the Dodgers get. I don't think the Dodgers make the World Series next year. I don't think they make it to the World Series next year. What about playoffs? Yeah, they could they could make the playoffs. They I mean a lot there's a lot that's going to happen before I'm making my, you know, yeah, divisional picks. Sure. We we don't know where Bryce Harper or Manny Machado are going to f- be playing next year. There's a lot before I'm going to say who's winning the NL West, but I don't think the Dodgers make the World Series next year. Yeah. Well, Yasiel, if you're around Cincinnati at all the next week, you have been cordially invited to the Ruther home. I don't think he's. I don't think he's uh, gone to Cincinnati yet. I don't think he's going to be making that decision. I think he's. I think he'll first appear in Cincinnati in April. I mean, he's probably going for like a press conference, but I mean, 
I'm just picturing Puig. Maybe me. He might get lucky. He might be there for a press conference. Puig. Start tweeting at him. Puig at my parents' home for some. Sport. Everybody start tweeting at Yasiel Puig to do the Dirty Sports podcast from Walt's kitchen <laughs> while he's there for his press conference. And also tweet that in Spanish. Yeah. So we have a couple of things in play. You have to tweet it Puig to do. Also, po- also tweet it in Pigeon or whatever language can Yasiel Puig speaks. Because I bet you it's not proper Spanish. Tweet it in t- tweet it in Kitchen Spanglish. And while we're there, guys, Yasiel, man, go check out the Ruther Kitchen, bro. Cochina, guys, if you have any questions, drop them in the YouTube comments it's right gay? now. It's gay. <laughs> I just hear your dad. It's gay, Yasiel. You think my dad knows about this trade? I bet he doesn't. Yes, he does. You think he does? Yeah, but he's. Dad, you know why? He has no clue who these guys are. Your dad's the kind of guy who gets the fucking morning paper delivered his front door. Oh, he recently stopped that. Oh, really? Yeah. If it's not in the Wall Street Journal, it's yeah, not in the- he's all about the Wall Street Journal. But if you guys have any comments, before- can you text your dad right now and be like, "Dad, what do you think about the the red trade?" Right now, he just, won't, just to see what he, just see if he responds before the end of the show. He won't get back. You want me to text your dad? Let hey, me, Walt, it's Joe Prano. What do you think about the red trade? <laughs> Can we just should we just call Walt live on the air? I don't know about that. What's Walt going to say on air? Nothing. We'll just see if he knows about the red trade. Dad, what do you think about the red trade? <laughs> No way he gets back to me. It's Christmas Eve. What's he doing? He's probably just sitting at home. Yeah. Making chili. I don't know what he's doing. He's getting, you know, he bowls all the time now. All the time? Like, How often does he bowl? He keeps filling in for somebody during day bowling. Day bowling? Your dad has a secret family is what's happening. Yeah. Day bowling? Other day bowling leagues? No, because I called him the other day. It was about 2 in the afternoon, East Coast time. And I heard, I heard the bowling pins. Oh, there's an app for that. There's an app that makes it sound like you're at a bowling alley. <laughs> a, a Walt's, Walt has a whole other family? Yeah. Can you imagine if my 75-year-old dad had another family? All right, let's hop into the comment section. You want to do let's that? Let's do it. Let's hop into the comment section. Let's end the episode. Guys, if you have any comments, hop in right now. I know we're on a little delay, but leave any questions or comments you have for us, and then we will wrap up this Christmas Eve episode. All right. I see a comment from our boy Stangy, Stanga Benangi. Has Ruther apologized to Trevor for Beanie Gate yet? No, and I won't. End of story. I already said my piece on that. I don't I don't yeah. really know what else I got it. I I do believe that you should. Said my piece. You owe Trevor an apology. Okay. So I'll apologize to him when he apologizes to me for stealing my edible marijuana gummies. Okay. Yeah, I went there. Okay. I mean, it seems like two separate issues, but like... No, they're connected. (laughs) They're connected. Xmas Day NBA predictions, question mark. Well, what are the the games tomorrow? Let's pull them up. There's no games today, correct? Correct. Bucks, Knicks... In New York, Milwaukee by 10. I feel like it's going to be a a Giannis 
national coming out party. We all know that Christmas is the unofficial start of NBA season. It will be... Uh, I, I don't want to make a prediction on the game. I feel like the Knicks will probably play well at home on Christmas. I feel like the Christmas games will probably be relatively close, but I predict a huge game from Giannis. I'll predict a Knicks cover, actually. I just think the first... They'll be ready. The first morning game on Christmas Day. Rockets Thunder. That's That'll be a fun one. Rockets are favored by a point in uh, in Houston. That'll be a good game. Not not worth betting on with just a one-point spread. Celtics 76ers. Ooh. That'll be a fun one. I mean, these are great games. What's the line in that? Four. Boston by four. You're taking the Sixers. Upset in Boston. Yes. A Boston Massacre. Christmas Day Massacre. What's the line on the Lakers game? Golden State by nine. I'm taking the Lakers to cover. The Lakers have played shitty in the last few weeks. Yeah. They lost again last night again, to Memphis. Again, primetime Christmas. Like, is that is that just a LeBron unofficial NBA kickoff season where like would you be would you be completely surprised if two days from now we're talking about LeBron's fifty five point game winner? against the Warriors and everybody's like, are this is this Lakers team legit? I'm telling you, this is the unofficial start of basketball season. Dude, at this point, nothing would ever surprise me with LeBron. I'll say this. Blazers, Jazz. Jazz are six-point favorites in a 7.30 p.m. Pacific game on Christmas Day. I'm going to put a little money on the Blazers just winning that game outright. Ooh. In Utah? In Utah. All the Mormons? They meet a lot of Mormons there on Christmas Day? They'll be busy soaking each other. Yeah. How many how many fucking K jeweler boxes are under the Christmas tree when there's fucking <laughs> seven wives? A lot of those guys showing. A lot of those guys have uh, leftover spending money for jazz tickets after buying fucking eleven heart pendants. That reminds for their me, sister wives. That reminds me. My brothers were texting me today in our group chat. One year, multiple brothers showed up together at Best Buy to get gift certificates <laughs> for each other. And and they claim... And didn't know that the other one was yeah. going? They just met there at the... Yeah, randomly. Like, everybody was getting each other gift... Apparently, three out of five of us were getting each other gift cards for Best Buy. And they all chose the same spot. And I don't remember this. My brother Greg texted. He goes, and Rug was all mad because you had got back from Spain and you were giving us all these gifts from different countries, and we didn't put any thought. Yeah, everybody's got a gift card. And then his his argument is, you you gave us beer steins that we could have just bought anywhere, but you thought you were cool because you got it from Germany. I'm like, you're an asshole. No, I got it from wherever I got it from. Yeah, I think that is cool. Yeah, this is these are the texts I get, bro. Now, what like what are you getting your family for Christmas? I haven't like, I haven't done get? any shopping yet. Will you, Will you get everybody in your family a Christmas present? Funny you say that. I, I'll talk about that on the Dent Report, which is dropping tomorrow. I have seven nephews and nieces and four brothers and two parents now. Yeah. Well, I've always had two parents, but. Yeah. Now, are you getting, are you getting Walt's other family Christmas gifts as well? <laughs> <laughs> do, your, do you have to buy gifts for your half-brothers and sisters? What's that? Do you have to buy gifts for your half-brothers and sisters? No. I'll get gifts for all my nephews and nieces. Not necessarily for your siblings. Not necessarily for my siblings. You'll get something for your parents. Yes. Do they get a gift together or do they get separate gifts? 
Depends. Separate, but again, I I really go into this, you would like this, on Dent Report, because my dad's the worst guy to get something for. But the brothers have basically decided you just get him a Sam's Club gift card. He doesn't know how to thank you. Meaning what? He just, oh, thanks. Like, it's not that he's a dick. He just, he never tells you to get him anything. He never asks for anything. He never has excitement on anything. He's the hardest guy to shop for. And also, to be honest, you get him stuff and he doesn't use it. I guarantee there's still Omaha steaks in his fridge from last year. Last year. Instead of using those, he will buy his own steaks at Sam's Club. So just get everybody a a, a Beancraft coffee subscription from our sponsor from last episode. Where can they do that at, Joe? Beancraft.com forward slash dirty. Yeah. Get yep. everybody a subscription of coffee. I'm a, I actually did do that. I'm getting I'm getting multiple people coffee subscriptions. Beancraft.com forward slash dirty. That's how you plug it in. Yeah, right? I mean, it is a good gift, too. It is a good like, gift. I agree. For, it, you know, we all make fun of the coffee lovers. But like, if you know somebody that loves coffee, if you know somebody that's ever used but first coffee, yeah. Here's what you should do: if you're out there and you have a person in your family that goes to fucking Starbucks, get them a Beancraft coffee subscription. Do do what Joe Prano is known for: fix somebody's life. Don't let people drink burnt, gross, roasted twenty five years ago Starbucks coffee. Get them freshly roasted. I tweeted. Or I uh, Instagrammed it the other day. I uh, ordered coffee from Beancraft from Augie's, which is a famous coffee roaster in Riverside. And it arrived and was roasted the day before. Wow. I had coffee roasted one day before it arrived to my door. Is that related? My grandma's old dog who died years ago was named Augie. Uh, I think that part of her ashes are sprinkled in all the beans. Okay. His. Is is a boy or girl? It was a boy. Yeah. That was, Rest in peace, Augie. I yeah. think he died 25 years ago. He was roasted 25 years ago after he died. <laughs> um. Too soon. Too soon. Okay, a couple more questions. Who are the Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year frontrunners? Great question. I believe the NFL will announce the Walter Payton of the Year Award candidates next week. We might wait. I'm going to have to put together the candidates for our annual Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award. I'm sure Pac-Man Jones will find a way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. His airport incident alone. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hunt's got to be in there. He kicked a girl in the face, right? Yeah. Like, that's got to be. Oh. Gotta... Well, the rule is always when you have to currently be on an NBA or an NFL roster. Okay. Although, could we say at the time? Right. Like, for the year, right? Okay. We can make adjustments to the rule. And uh, the last question, I believe actually is actually from the mayor. Do dudes... Manscape, yeah. I mean, I think manscaping is pretty much like you have to manscape to some extent. Yeah, I I will say I don't think dudes go bald. You hate the bald thing. I I just think it's very like it's it's actually very undude like. Hold on a second though. I got to defend a couple of my boys, people I like. Are you saying uh, Bill Burr, Joe Rogan? To cite some comedians, are are what are going? Oh, are you saying head? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about manscaping, like go, oh. going with like a fully shaven chest or like baby's hairless balls and dick. That's the manscape we're talking about, right? 
Like guys waxing their chest or like narrowing their chest or going straight down to the skin of your chest. I feel like this is a whole discussion. Yeah. Because to be honest, I will occasionally trim my chest. To to nothing? I don't shave it. Like every three or four months, probably four to five, I, I, I trim it. Yeah. Like to, to me, going down to like the five o'clock shadow on your chest, very undude like. Or going with the clean chest. I mean, a, a, a dude, when you think about the dude Mount Rushmore, just remember when you're, when you're thinking about manscaping this year, that Tom Selleck is on the dude Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but again, I usually have my chest hair, but occasionally a couple times a year. And by the way, I use our Amazing Harry's razors on my balls. Great. Good. I'm saying, but like, are you going, do you go baby bear tick balls? No, but when I shave, guys, it's getting very. very well, it's, a, it's an important question. Yeah. Man, dudes can manscape for sure. Like, no, no one's got 70s bush anymore, right? Like, no, I'm saying when I trim the pubes, I take the lowest level on my trimmer. There's still a little hair, but yeah, it's real low. It'd be like shaving your head. You don't do that. I don't. I don't go. I don't go down to the zero clip. I do. It grows, dude. My hair grows back so quickly, and I definitely don't do that on the chest ever. Like I have more chest hair than you, though. Do you? Yeah, it's definitely thicker. I wow. definitely have more back and shoulder hair than you. Yeah, you do for sure. Mine stops. You got the elbow stop, which is nice. I mean, I don't know how my dad gave me that. I, I don't know how. You're the only one I know who has that. Yeah, it's amazing for how hairy my arms are. Yeah, don't guys, don't shave your chest bald. I feel like more people keep the chest hair. I feel like it's come back. Especially back in the day, especially with women. Yeah, back in the day, like girls man. love it now. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that I was a lighthouse for many, many young men over the years. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? What are you in a boy band? Who's, are we? We're waxing our chests. Shirts off to sea from Stanga. I mean, I, I have a sweater on, and I have a sweater on underneath my sweater. Yeah, I don't know about this. Here you go. But hold on a second. <laughs> well, right now, I think you do. Yeah, I never really even thought it would be that close. Do you have more chest hair? My upper part gets thicker. But but again, I did... Screenshot somebody. Yeah, screenshot this. Man. At least that episode didn't get really gay. <laughs> Can I? Can you say that? No, you can't. Can you fact, say I th- that? I thought that was very heterosexual, and and honestly, even if it was gay, I'm fine with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Straight men, gay men, bi men, cisgen, pan men, everybody's allowed to compare chest hairs. It's 2018, bro. Just don't say the n word while you're doing it. All right. <laughs> On that note, guys, enjoy your Christmas. There's rumors that Joe might be doing a podcast with Chris Wilde. Uh, the Christmas Wild, maybe Christmas Wild NBA Bonanza. I mean, I don't even think this is a rumor. Okay, this is official. Uh, day after Christmas, Chris Wild and I will not only be doing a an NBA unofficial NBA kickoff tip off spectacular. 
The unofficial start of the NBA season is tomorrow. Not only are we doing an episode, we will be attending, with media passes for both of us, Kings Clippers on Wednesday. Amazing. So I'll be I'll be, I'll be be on the court pre-Clippers game. I'll be talking to some players post-Clippers game with my NBA media access. Thank you to my Christmas miracle and my miracle every day, Chris Wilde. And before, I'm going to get him a, because he's giving that, I'm going to give him a pre-plug before the plugs that he's going to do for himself on uh, the show. Christmas is tomorrow, so don't wait until after Christmas. Download the Chris wild christmas album a very christmas wild there you have it all right does that mean i'm gonna have a day off you got the if you want the day off thursday yeah, yeah. you're gonna drop this thursday yeah cool i'll just submit we have to submit our picks great that's it i don't know how we did on the picks this week i think i'm just i think for next week i might just have to pick Whatever you don't, that might have to be my hail mary. I didn't look at the picks either. I'm just I have no to clue. hope you go for like three for, you know, three for sixteen or whatever it is. Yeah. All right, guys, enjoy your Christmas. One more plug. Uh, I will be in Arizona, the House of Comedy with Eddie Ift, January second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. So I know I've already gotten some messages from folks. Uh, if I can do guest list, I'm happy to do it. I won't know that until I get down there. Uh, in the meantime, if you want buy some tickets, come see me and Eddie Ift. If you're in Arizona, uh, always doing shows with Eddie is great and start the new year. Well, like what a great way to start 2019. And if you want to meet me for some delicious local Cincinnati chili, I will be back from the 25th through the 2nd. Message me, DM me. Maybe we'll do a little Cincinnati dirtball meetup at one of the fine, amazing Cincinnati chili establishments. I'm just deciding that right now. Tweet at me, at Andy Ruther. You can tweet at Joe, at Fix Your Life. And when are you gone? You're gone Christmas Day until? I fly back the second Okay. when you are leaving. Got it. I'll already be gone. Yeah. We, we will have to figure some things out. Is it safe to say that, that the, ep- the second episode, uh, maybe next Sunday, Monday's episode, will be with Yasiel Puig from Walt's Kitchen? <laughs> yes. There's a good chance we'll be with Yasiel Puig from Walt's Kitchen, to be determined. Yasiel Puig, the hefty lefty, and Chad Cutter in a Cincinnati Christmas bonanza? Bro, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to reach out to Collinsworth people. Great. And my dad already knows where he lives. So. Oh, I know. Your, your dad has shown me where he lives from your window. He's like, look right over there. See that water line? Chris Collinsworth's house. Like, why are you stalking Chris Collinsworth? So creepy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Give us some love. Give us some likes right now. If you're watching on YouTube, give us some likes. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're not already. I don't know what you're doing. And uh, have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.